Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. was a year ago today, and when it came, it came in waves. It was a tidal wave that in sports we frankly still haven't recovered from in so many ways, right? Gobert happens, the NBA shuts down, March Madness is shut down. We don't even see another professional sporting event in this country for another couple of months, or maybe three months essentially, after what happened on March 11th. 2020. We'll take your calls all morning long on what you remember from that day and watching where, every show on Netflix, right? Literally for the next two and a half months, right? And some people would say, "What has changed right now?" Key still going home, watching ID Network yeah. at home. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Live streaming. Key. I've been watching. Anyway. I've been watching this. And when I was in LA when it first kicked off, I didn't seen the same stuff 150 times now in New York. <laughs> it's terrible. Hey man, that guy did that. <laughs> yes. She did that back then. She's yes. doing it again still. <laughs> going out, find different clues from the first episode. <laughs> same person murdered ten times. That's just strange. Same, that's, same that person. seems cruel. I knew and I missed. Something, that it. seems cruel and unusual, murdering the same person <laughs> 10 times over. And they did it the exact same way all 10 times, which is really unbelievable. Okay, so here we are a year later. It's March 11th, 2021, and this is the debate of the morning. In hour one of the uh, show, we had David Kaplan from ESPN 1000 in Chicago, great Chicago sports veteran, knows the city like nobody else, knows Michael Jordan, was very close with Michael Jordan during the six championship runs. Wait, for Zubin, Mike. before you, both Key and I... <laughs> I want, I want to say this before it turns into this conversation, Key, because okay. you know how people are. I don't care about I that. love Michael Jordan. Trendsetter, blaze the path for people to think about business and sports, and that's what I love. That's my affinity for life. I just want to say that before we get into this conversation, because I'm obviously taking the other side here, Key, and I know what people are going to try to say. Oh, you're a Michael Jordan hater. I'm about, no, I'm not. But I'm, I'm not, just speaking the facts about what's happened. That's I'm all. I'm not taking either side. Okay. I, I, I like them both and love them both, and they're both dear friends of mine. But I'm just saying Barbara what I feel be. about the situation that Jay posed. That's all. Gotcha. So what the situation was posed was essentially we know Michael and LeBron are going to be inextricably linked forever. We're extrapolating ahead. When it's all said and done for LeBron, although, as Kia said numerous times, he's, he's not shown any signs of slowing down. So I'm not exactly sure when that's going to happen. But when... LeBron leaves. He'll have the money to do anything he wants. Invest in a basketball team. Yes, throwing that out. (laughs) Throwing that out. Uh, Michael, of course, has already bought the uh, the Hornets. He's been the owner for about eleven years or so. The, the franchise he's is now owner valued. Or co-owner. Yep. Yeah, he's been valued now over a billion dollars. The franchise is worth a, a billion and a half, and this is one of the lower rung NBA franchises. So, when anybody says the NBA is in trouble, just step back a second and realize the Hornets are worth a billion and a half. Wow. So, so think about it. So, basically, who's going to be more successful post? career with regards to winning a championship if LeBron indeed does move into ownership like Michael already is. Jay ran through a litany of bad picks that Michael has made. LeBron is probably one thing that has His to be His organization mentioned. has made. Yep. But one thing that we're going to have to mention is LeBron, if he wants to be an owner, is probably going to be an owner quicker than Michael. You know what I mean? Michael's 58 now, and he's owned the team for about 10 or 11 years. I think it's fair to say by the time LeBron turns like 48, if he wants a team, he's going to have a team by 48. So he'll have a lot more runway, and he'll be closer to the youth, as you mentioned, in our last segment. Michael was nearly 50 when he bought mm. uh, the Hornets. So that's an important distinction to make. I think you have to throw it out there, right? So Two Michael's, years? Well, no. Michael's 58 now. So no, if LeBron is 48, I mean, that's a little different. He could buy a team at 45. If he could buy a team five minutes after he retires, right? So the question is, uh, David Kaplan brought up from Chicago last hour, look, if you put LeBron on a lower-rung NBA team, David sort of said— He said Memphis. Of, yeah, it's going to be kind of like what Michael is. You put him in a market that's not great. Michael hasn't succeeded. There's no reason to believe LeBron is going to be able to Not fair. Same. Memphis wouldn't be the right team because that would be a head start. You have John Morant that you're no, building he's not, off of. He's not, he's not saying with current players on. He's just saying 
the city is what they from from what I took the Orlando from, Magic. Yeah, that from what from the what Spurs post pop. Right, yeah, it's just the a Sacramento city Kings. that does not attract star power within the NBA as the way I took it. Utah, what they said. Mm-hmm. and so it's not mm-hmm. that LeBron doesn't have an eye for talent. It's that it's easier when you are playing the game to surround people with players. I mean, surround yourself with players that can help you win a championship that fits your role. Mm -hmm. It's much more difficult to sit back and be a front office guy to try and identify players because you're now looking all over the world. You're not just looking at the dudes you run in the local gym with during the offseason. Jay, let me ask you this. This, this is something <laughs> I, we have to think I about. I swear, all the videos that we're showing of Mike watching all of his games, he looks so pissed off. He looks and very, very miserable. He looks so angry. <laughs> this is something from a guy that didn't play, so this is an easy point for you, especially in the NBA, right? They've often said, like, one of the reasons. What does that mean? Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> for a guy that didn't play, <laughs> right. you went from a guy that didn't play this is much easier for you, you as yeah. if you didn't play no, no, in no, no, the no. NBA. Hear me out. Hear me out. This is be much easier for you to answer because you've lived it. So when Magic had that ill-fated run as the Lakers head coach, when he famously, you know, back when not everybody had a cell phone and it rang and he threw it against the wall. I'm just saying Magic probably looked at some of these dudes and said, why can't you just do it the way I did? So I'm asking you this. You took a mid-level player at Duke that you played with. You don't have to name any names. Just the dude that was on the bench, at the end of the bench, whatever. You know, you, you want to make it 93 Michigan? Let's call it Rob Palinka, right? right? He turned out okay, but he wasn't exactly playing a ton of minutes for Michigan, right? Middle-of-the-road guy at Duke during your championship seasons and you were the player of the year. Is it fair to say that hypothetically that guy's got some connections, he went to Duke, now he's got some money, blah, 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 he's an NBA owner. Would you be able to look at a player and say, why can't you do that? Because you could do everything. Is it harder no, for you to no. relate? A middle-of-the-road guy is because like, he can see talent. Your talent bar, Jay, is so high because you did so much stuff. I actually think that's wrong. Because when I got hurt, I had to go down to the G League, and I didn't have the same skill set. And I had to work on other aspects of my game because I hurt my leg. I'm a lot slower. I don't have that same burst. It gave me a completely different perspective. So I, I think it depends upon your experiences that you had. And what I would say about Michael is that Michael could take over games and dominate games offensively like nobody we've ever seen in the history of the game. LeBron can do that to a degree, but LeBron's more of a, a facilitator. Like he understands, like, let me put, it's a little bit more of the Magic Johnson. Let me put you in a position to succeed. There's a little bit more of that type of thinking when it comes to LeBron James. Here's what I would say. You brought up Rob Palenka. Great general manager. Could, you know, done a tremendous job since taking over full time. Mm-hmm. His scouting department is phenomenal, though. And how hard is it to recruit? Anthony Davis to the L.A. Lakers when you got damn LeBron James. But here's my thing. A.D. It was just, also a client of Rich Paul. I, I understand. It, it, it just all fits I, underneath this whole umbrella that we're talking that, about. I understand that, but you, when you have the big enchilada in LeBron James, it's easy. It's LeBron James on the floor, man. LeBron, it's, it's, it's not the same when LeBron James is in his box trying to get players to come play for some team in some place that nobody wants to live. That's why I said for him, it's got to be a big-time organization that probably isn't going to be on the market or some sort of expansion in a Seattle. And and even in Seattle, it's going to be hard. Or a Las Vegas, which would be much easier. Mm -hmm. Or a San Diego, 
where play, you know this, Jay, players want to go to these big cities. They don't want, they just, for whatever reason, they don't want to be in small markets. To your point, Jokic is never on the Nuggets unless they draft him. Mitchell's unless never on the J- Jazz unless they draft him. And Giannis is not on the Bucks unless they draft him. And we That's don't a, even know. Facts. And, and there was questions that was being raised not only by Jason Williams, by others as well. What's <laughs> going to happen two years from now if the Bucks aren't where they think they're going to be in terms of Giannis? Is he going to want to stay there or is he going to want to go to Miami? Was that not the conversation? Yes. Jay? So – that's my whole point. If I drop, if I drop MJ, if I drop MJ, if MJ instead of owning the, I don't even know oh, what Charlotte's Hornets, the, whatever, Pelicans, Bobcat. If okay. if he owned the Clippers, okay. do you think he would have been a little more successful? Yeah, market does matter. That's all I'm saying. When we come back, mm-hmm. we're gonna go through a lot of these picks. I'm gonna tell you who the picks that were passed upon. Okay, so you can. We can, talk, like a tease. We can talk that through. Gotcha. Right, Jay, you're getting this radio stuff. So they took this. They should have taken that. Yep. Okay, that's we'll go, on we'll the go way. through a couple of those. I think it's pretty fair and a good call that the uh, Seahawks took Russell Wilson. But we'll take on this question. Why don't they just, the Seahawks, tamp down the season ticket letter, Russ's request? Why don't they just make it all go away by saying, we're not trading him? Why just they won't simply say that? The NFL insider, Diana Rossini, with the answer, it's a little more complicated than it might seem. That's after Jay is this from Straight Talk Wireless. Yeah, that was straight up some straight talk right there. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it, right? So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, do yourself a favor. Tune it out. With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just 199 bucks. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's Best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense and tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. This morning with Greeny, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. On the one-year anniversary of the day, sports stopped. Fans, due to unforeseen circumstances, the game tonight has been postponed. Adam Silver with Greeny. This morning at 1130 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know, thank goodness the Russell Wilson controversy is raging because, you know, with uh, Dak, we have nowhere to go. 
Or so we thought. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including the great NFL insider Diana Rossini, on the Goodyear hotline. So we thought it was signed, sealed, and delivered. The 160, the 126, the 75 million in the first year, the 66 to put the John Hancock pen to paper. But hang on. It's not over just yet. Diana joins us this morning. Good morning, Di. What did you think of Mike McCarthy not being present for Dak's contract signing ceremony, if you will? Yeah, good morning, Zubin. I'm so glad that's the first question you asked me because it's actually the first thing I observed when I saw the start of the press conference and you saw all the people involved here, obviously Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and and the man of the day, that being Dak Prescott. And, you know, the word you kept hearing over and over during the press conference was the culture. And, And they've been talking about that for a year, which is building it and building it around Dak and Dak being the leader. And I just thought it was really interesting that Mike McCarthy, their head coach, wasn't there. And it was never really addressed during the press conference. His name was brought up, obviously. Um, But Jerry Jones never came out and said that Mike McCarthy, you know, perhaps maybe he's not feeling well or, uh, you know, has has another thing to do with his family. Who knows? Uh, You know, but I just kept thinking, we know that he had two days to get there because we found out that the deal was done on Monday. Um, And we know Jerry Jones has access to probably every jet in the world. And if, if... Jerry wanted to get you there. He probably could figure out a way to make sure you were there for, you know, Zoo. And you can, you can argue this is the biggest announcement for the Dallas Cowboys, with the exception of the firing of, of Jason Garrett, because we just never thought they were going to move on from him, um, you know, in the last 25 years. So the fact that he wasn't there, I, I, just, I just thought it was odd. Mm. Where you been at? You, you, we haven't had you on in a while. You've been hiding from us, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did? I took a, I took like three days off. So, uh, but I'm back. I'm oh. back. Um, I'm refreshed. I slept. I went to the beach for a day or two. Uh, I was hoping you noticed the tan, but you didn't, because uh, well, you know it's all right. I just, know, but, uh, I just noticed you hadn't been with us on our show. You know, giving uh, us great information. Ah, thank you. Well, this is this time of year, Key, is insane when you're covering the NFL. Because I'm not doing as much TV as I normally would do, but I'm on my phone constantly because there's so many rumors going around right now. And there's obviously so much uh, attention being paid to the quarterback situation, which, you know, in my years of covering the league, I've never had it at this level in terms of, uh, you know, quarterbacks that aren't happy. We see Russell Wilson in Seattle. We see Deshaun Watson in Houston trying to find out what's going on there. Um, On top of the fact that we know the salary cap was finally set. That was a really frustrating thing to deal with in terms of talking to teams, right? Because they're trying to get those rosters together, trying to figure out who they're going after in free agency. But they don't—they didn't know how much money they had. So now that we know the official number, everyone seems to be settled in here and and expect more cuts. And, you know, we—I talked about this last week on Sports Center. We knew this week was going to be really bad. We knew that the veterans that are getting paid a lot of money, uh, whose guaranteed money is no longer guaranteed, uh, they're in trouble, and it's going to continue. We've seen some big names in the last few days, and it's certainly not going to slow down. And then, oh, yeah, we got free agency next week. (laughs) Diana, let me ask you this about the Seahawks. Why haven't they come out and say that they aren't trading Russell Wilson? Jay, it's nuts. 
I don't understand why Russell hasn't come out to say, I want to be here. I don't understand why the Seattle Seahawks haven't come out to say he is our guy, right? Because we've seen around the league, we saw Dave Gettleman the other day talk about uh, Daniel Jones. He's our quarterback. We saw uh, Mike Mayock, right, with Derek Carr. He's our guy. Everyone is clearing the air for the teams that are sticking with their guy, are making it known. And you you can take the side. I've, I've spoken to players that say, why does Russell need to come out and say, I'm a Seattle Seahawk? I think it's been proven I want to be, a, you know, he wants to be a Seattle Seahawk. But I don't look at it that way. They could put this all to bed with one tweet, one report, one statement that says Russell is our guy. But instead, when I'm talking to everybody around the league, what seemed to be sort of just maybe perhaps a dream or a thought, a fantasy that the Seattle Seahawks would trade Russell Wilson, it's starting to feel like it's something that could actually happen, which I can't believe I'm even saying this to you in March, that the Seattle Seahawks would be open to it. Mm. But the fact that we know that his agent put out the list you know, of the teams that he wants tells you he's not happy because if he was happy, he wouldn't give a list. The, your, your agent represents you. We know this, right? Your agent a- represents absolutely. you. So what your agent is saying is how you feel. With, with all that being said, what team now, right? Cowboys are off the books. Oakland came out and endorsed their guy with Mike Mayock. We know what that is. And there's three quarterbacks that are sitting in New Orleans. There's only one team left. And that would be the Chicago Bears. So what next for Russell if, in fact, he's moved? Uh, Okay, Key, I think you'll you'll understand this better than anybody I'm talking to right now. No team – or excuse me, no GM wants to trade away their quarterback to a team where they're going to go off and win a Super Bowl. Right, So you look at the teams on Russell's list that are left that could possibly maybe be in on this. Right, You have the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears. If Russell Wilson joined the New Orleans Saints with what Sean Payton could probably come up with in that offense, they could win. They could win the Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. So I think the problem here isn't so – I mean, there's definitely going to be a lot of ego and emotion in this in terms of getting the deal done. But guys I've talked to in the league that have been chatting with people involved in all this tell me that the problem isn't so much Seattle's willingness to move on from Russell Wilson. It's what's their answer. Who do they have at quarterback? That's the problem. So until Seattle can come up with a plan, they're going to make this work with Russell. And and I think they want to make it work with Russell. But just obviously we know right now this relationship just – it doesn't seem very smooth. Mm, mm, mm. So we'll wait to see what happens there. That's really one of the big lingering issues. We talked about it at the end of our first hour, and we talked about it here at the end of our interview with Diana. No more beach time. We got to go hard until March 17th. You know that, Diana. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. I miss you. I'll talk to you all next week, I'm sure. All right. Absolutely. March 17th on the way to free agency. So you asked there about the Bears, what's going on, Russell Wilson. We had David Kaplan from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. As I mentioned, he joined us just at the end of our first hour. You can download that hour one of the podcast anywhere you get podcast and we've been going best case worst case Zubin we're trying Dye to run says through she missed you <laughs> well all of them all of us all of us she's a married woman jay okay uh <laughs> you know that's what he was thinking i didn't say anything go key, ahead don't, key don't give me that i'm just completing the sentence you were thinking anyway. I, I am listening to you talk about the chicago bears go ahead go ahead Zubin. Right. let's get back on track the one guy that always wants to stick to sports here he is sticking to sports 
All right. David Kaplan, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. We're asking every team best case, worst case scenario, right? Best case, worst case scenario. This is the absolute worst case scenario for, as David said, a team that hasn't had the right guy under center since 1947. Mm. Worst case scenario is Nick Foles is ducking under center next year. As nice a gentleman as he is, (laughs) he is a middle reliever on a okay baseball team. If they can't get somebody who's plug-and-play, then whoever it is, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Kyle Trask, whoever the other guy is behind Trevor Lawrence, they're going to move heaven and earth and go get him. Okay, so apparently uh, your middle reliever can give you three innings and Foles can give you like three good drives. I think that's essentially what Kaplan is saying. So what should the Bears do? We'll get into that in a second. Key, what do you have? Here, here's, what, here's what I would do. I'd go get Sam Donald. I'd go get Sam Donald. I'll make a play for Sam and keep Nick as the backup to teach him how to – not necessarily teach him, but have a veteran presence for a young quarterback. That's what I would do. I'd go and wrestle him away. Here's how you sell it. First of all, it's a different conference. You don't have to worry. You play him once every blue moon. You don't have to worry about him, right, Zubin? Yes. And I'm willing to give you something. You don't have to give a lot. Mm -hmm. Where the Bears are selecting to go up into the top five to select a quarterback, they're going to have to give away the farm. If I go get Sam Darnold and I'm a quarterback fixer like Matt Nagy and he's not broke, then great. Bears I'm, are at 20, by the way. Just to, That's a long ways up. Argument. I said all the way up. They're, they're at 20. They got to go all the way up to get into the top five to pick one of those, you know, three quarterbacks that everybody thinks is a once-in-a-lifetime generational quarterback, as we like to say on sports. Yes. Uh, and, and, and I think that's how you fix the quarterback situation. If you're not going to go with Nick Foles, which I wouldn't go with Nick Foles. If that is the case, if they do make the move for Sam Darnold, Matt Nagy, the quarterback fixer, yes. right, was supposed to fix Mitchell Trubisky, yes. but couldn't fix Mitchell Trubisky. But now we're asking him to fix Sam Darnold? But it, I, but he I, was, I hear you. I mean, beggars no, can't be true. choosers no, at this no, point. No, that's true. But, but you now know, it's like put your money where your mouth is, I guess. If but you're you know how coaches are. I, I, don't know, I don't know if it's this way in the NBA, but in the NFL, coaches typically have preconceived notions about a player when they take over a team. He saw Nick Foles, not Nick Foles, he saw Mitch Trubisky dealing with Coach Fox, John Fox, former head coach. And a lot of times these coaches, they see that and they walk in and they already kind of like, well, this guy, you know, I don't. Then he goes, he has a decent year, they go to the playoffs, and he has a bad year. "Eh." And then he never really falls in love with them. He doesn't really, he's kind of already skeptical of him based on when he scouted him at the combine when he was with a different team, that's the way they think. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he never really warmed up to Mitch Trubisky ever, but he was obligated to play him because he was the number two pick overall. But key state your obvious point here. You said before you are way more bullish on Sam Donald than Mitchell Trubisky, and you're generally more bullish on Darnold than most people. That has to be stated. Well, most people that are not in the National Football League, people that are in the league, meaning like executives and coaches. In the know. In the know, they love Sam Darnold. 
I think we've said that so, many times. We've had many people on our show say the same thing. And who said that about Trubisky? Nobody. That's nobody. If I'm the Jets, what, the am I get, what am I getting from That's Chicago? What am I getting for Sam Darnold? Man, I'm because a, I'm looking at the quarterbacks in the draft, and I'm saying, okay, these quarterbacks are decent, but are they as talented as Sam Darnold could de- be underneath a retooled offense? But it depends on who else is trying to get Sam and what that other team. This is a but positive. I thought you told me three-way trades don't really happen. No, no, no. Hold on. Let me finish, Jay. It, it, it depends on who else is trying to get Sam. Is Seattle trying to get Sam? Oh, is is New England, which New England wouldn't be trying, but teams. Who needs a quarterback? Is Washington trying to get him? Did Washington tell the Jets we'll give you our one? Did, did You know, it just depends. So Chicago's not going to be the only bidder for Sam Darnold if, in fact, he's truly available. My whole point is I'd rather have Sam than any of those quarterbacks that are in the draft I'm this year, well. and I don't have to pay to go up and get them. And I'm supposed to be a quarterback fixer. That's just me. But only, maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. The only question is, if you're the Jets, are you willing to pay Sam Darnold because he's going to get that contract soon, right? No, 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 no. Because you have to extend him. No, you're trading him. I don't need to no, extend him. No, I'm saying him. down the line, if you're thinking long-term with Sam, as opposed to drafting no, a quarterback you could, that helps no, you with the cap a lot longer. No, you could you – could, exercise his fifth-year option, take that $20 million-plus pill, swallow it, franchise tagging the next year if you choose to do so. It's a – this is a a career-defining decision for Joe Douglas on Sam mm-hmm. Darnold. It, it's, it, it is. Because if you give him to Matt Nagy and all of a sudden Matt Nagy becomes Andy Reid and you draft Zach Wilson at the number two spot and Mike LaFleur is Adam Gase, then you're in trouble. Now you're in trouble. Now all of a sudden you done drafted the guy with the number two pick overall, and he's playing like Hackenberg or something. Now, now you, you're like, oh, my God, and Sam is battling Aaron Rodgers to, to try and win the division. Hackenberg, we're back to the middle reliever again. I guess that's the next stop, maybe the last stop for Christian Hackenberg. On the way, another stop. The latest one for an oldie, but a goodie for us here at ESPN. That's in one minute after this Sports Center update. In the least shocking news in collegiate sports in quite some time, Jeff Long is out as Kansas' as athletic director. Days after the school ousted football coach Les Miles after some allegations of inappropriate behavior came about in 2013, specifically when he was really at the zenith of his power at LSU. Oh, by the way, Long's probably beating the Calvary out of town. It's just a matter of time before Bill Self and the basketball program are probably hit with some sanctions as well. Some level one big-time sanctions probably coming, right? So Jeff Long, not long for this one. They said they vetted Les Miles. That's what he said. Obviously not to the level they needed to. This story isn't surprising because it never felt like it clicked between the Spurs and LaMarcus Aldridge, but they want to sort of trying to see could he be the next great big man it just never worked and apparently they are going to try to find a deal according to Woj and move him from San Antonio still a lot of talent so many expectations when he came from Portland but it just didn't quite work out in San Antonio sports center brought to you by nature valley feel the joy of a sunny day find the freedom of an open field and taste the crunch from 100% whole grain oats Stay outside longer with Nature Valley Oats and Honey. Crunchy granola bars. We are better outside. Welcome for the first of ESPN's coverage of National Hockey League action. Delighted to have you with us for yet another one of those big moments in sports. For a hockey fan, it doesn't get any better than this. Nice 
hear that horn? Apparently, ESPN has lit the lamp with the NHL. Again, the NHL is back. I'm not sure if it's going to be Gary Thorne, Bill Clement, and Al Morganti. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be. But there are a ton of people that love the NHL, that work here at ESPN, and it's great to have the National Hockey League back. I'm fired up. The I'm fold. really fired up. You can see it on ESPN Plus, 75 exclusive games a year. They're only going to be on ESPN Plus, and oh, yeah. most importantly to hockey fans everywhere, the return of the Stanley Cup Final to ABC and ESPN will have at least four of those in the initial deal with the National Hockey League. Last night, Scott Van Pelt spoke to the man that brokered it with ESPN, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. The Commissioner of the NHL, Gary Bettman, joins us on a massive day for our company, and we certainly hope for the league as well as we announce a, a new deal starting next fall. And, and Gary, this had been talked about for a while. We've been hoping, and now it's here. How do we, how do we get to this place? Uh, I think Jimmy Pitaro uh, showed great energy and vision, and we decided that for a whole host of reasons uh, that it made sense to be with the worldwide leader in sports again, and we're thrilled to be back. Uh, The excitement on both sides of this uh, partnership is absolutely palpable. We're thrilled to be with ESPN again, and we get the sense as you just said, that ESPN is thrilled to have us back. I got a great note from a, a, a capital player who I know, and he said the boys are so excited about this. And it's self-serving, I guess, to ask it, but I just wonder, Gary, how much do you get the sense that reflects the feeling around the locker rooms and the organizations in the NHL that, that this marriage will be renewed? We, we know what ESPN is capable of. We took a little detour from each other for a while. Uh, We both did okay during that period. We've grown. Our audience has grown. The game has grown. Uh, But now this is a new media era, and the opportunity to do more than one package has presented itself. And using this as an opportunity to come back to ESPN. And, And frankly, while ESPN has covered us over the years and we've had a presence from ESPN, the fact is that we didn't get the same coverage that the other major sports that ESPN has got. And now we're going to get that coverage. And that's going to be great to continue the growth of our game. I say in particular, thinking about the spring in the Stanley Cup. And I grew up, I'm a basketball guy. I can't even skate. But anyone that's watched my show, Gary, knows every spring I say the same thing. The Stanley Cup tournament is the greatest tournament in all of sports. I truly believe that. And as we look ahead to having it again in the spring. And we're, <laughs> no, no shock there. But as, as we think about this spring... And we're seeing things lifting. There's optimism around the country. Uh, how, how optimistic ought we be that maybe there could be more people in buildings around the country and in Canada as well? We're, we're very optimistic that things are improving. Eleven of our teams, I believe, currently can now have some fans in the building. Right now, I think we're down to three players who have tested positive for COVID or were isolated under the protocol. And we're being flexible. We're being agile. We're doing everything possible to get through the season and get to the playoffs. But one of the things that, that's crystal clear is I know our players miss the fans and the energy in our building and our game misses that energy as well so we're hoping to get our fans back in the building as soon as possible well as we reach 
a year anniversary of the day that sports stopped. What a treat it is to be able to celebrate looking forward together at seven years and hopefully many more as ESPN and the NHL together again. Gary Bettman, Commissioner of the League, thanks for your time and uh, for the trust in us. We hope we can be great partners for you. I know you will be, Scott. Great to be with you, and I hope to see you in person at a playoff game. Right down the road. Rock the red. Let's go. I'll see you here. (laughs) Thanks, Gary. Rock the red. Scott is a big-time Washington Capitals fan. He grew up in the area. Two quick things. First, I got to tell you, the self-realization for Bettman to actually tell Van Pelt, you know, I turn on ESPN and I don't see any hockey. Now that's going to change. That's been the hockey fan's gripe forever and a day. As a guy that used to work on SportsCenter, I hear it all the time. Where is the hockey that Gary said? Second thing I'll tell you real quick, just to show you how tense these hockey playoff games can be. Steve Levy, now the voice of Monday Night Football, but known to many people as a lover of hockey, along with John Bucci-Grass, Linda Cohn, so many people I'm happy for here that are going to be rejoicing when this comes back. He said, Steve has called like four overtime playoff games, like the longest games in hockey history. And he told me, he goes, we had a rule. When a hockey game got into, like, overtime, second overtime, third overtime, it was so tense in the booth and so tense in the arena that whenever the puck would cross the blue line, they had a rule with his partner, whoever he was calling the games with, shut up. When the puck crosses the blue line, everybody needs to stop talking so I can nail this goal call. Because in hockey, it can happen so fast. We're just having a conversation. The puck's here. Boom, boom, boom. boom it's over. Boom, the series is over. Boom, it's over. Like Van Pelt said, as, as magical and as theatrical and as amazing as it could be. And Steve would say, crosses the blue line. They're going to be talking about this game in 20 years. Let me get this call right. That's how fast things happen in hockey. And it'll be great. I'm sure Steve will be back on the call. And so many people happy to have the NHL back here on ESPN and especially on ESPN+. Plus. You can get the UFC, you can get hockey, you can get everything. It's just five bucks. It's a great deal. Speaking of hockey... Its next grand foray is going to be in Seattle. The Kraken are coming. The Seattle Kraken are coming. The question now is, with hockey entering the Seattle market, will one day, Hoopheads in the Pacific Northwest have been asking about this for a long time, (laughs) would the Sonics return? And how about, Jay, if we're asking all morning long about a guy that could make his mark as an owner when his playing days are done, in a basketball mad city, is waiting to see their basketball team return. Let me go two plus two equals four. How about LeBron, as an owner, bringing the Sonics back to Seattle, delving into our conversation of not exactly the world's biggest market, but a hungry, mad basketball market? Could he make it work there? Oh, I, most definitely. The fan base in Seattle is so ready for something like this, obviously. And look, uh, guys like Ray Allen, Rashard Lewis, part of that organization back in the day, um, Sean Kemp, GP, the history is there with that franchise. And I think LeBron James can definitely restoke that interest depending upon where the league is going to allow you know, franchises to come about. I've heard things like, hey, there could be teams in Europe eventually. That's in London or that's in Paris for a European swing. So, look, I think there are viable options out there, key for where LeBron potentially could have ownership of a team moving forward after he retires. But Seattle will definitely be one of the first places on my list I would start. And the history. You've got to remember downtown Brown, Lenny Wilkins, and, and all the modern-day guys that you said. It would be incredible. We'll continue the conversation throughout the morning. We're sort of asking LeBron, Jordan, if both go into ownership knowing that my 
Michael already is, who will have the most successful post-playing career. Jordan's got an early start, but LeBron obviously has a ton of runway and a ton of opportunity. Weigh in this morning, Key J&Z on Twitter if you're interested. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Back to the NFL, the NFL conversation. Never go away from it too long. On the way, we've heard Jimmy G could go back to New England, but why is he such a perfect fit? A guy that's got rings, not ring, rings with the Pats has the answer. After Jay has this, or one of the fellas has this from Indeed. I'm going to go with Keith. Yes, that is a good choice. As a business owner, time is your most valuable resource. That's why Indeed has Instant Match. Post a sponsored job at Indeed. Instant searches millions of resumes in their database to deliver candidates who best fit your job description. Want to go beyond the resume? Choose from over 135 skill tester challenge applicants on hard skills like computer proficiency or soft skills like customer service. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other sites combined, according to TalentNest. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. Patriots know what their needs are. It's not just quarterback, it's wide receiver, it's tight end, and it's more defensive playmakers. I think we should be expecting Bill Belichick to make a bunch of moves. They would love to have Jimmy G back. I believe that. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. You know, that's Mike Reese who covers the team every day of the year for ESPN. So that's not speculation. That's some informed speculation. (laughs) Pats fans were in love with Teddy Bruschi, one of the all-time Pats legends. And he joins us on the Goodyear Hotline brought to you by Goodyear. Celebrating March deal days with month-long service and savings. Visit GoodyearAutoService.com for offers. Teddy, I'm a little disoriented because I'm not asking a question about Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, or Russell Wilson. (laughs) I'm going to take a hard right turn and go to... Jimmy G, there's a lot of people that think this reunion is happening and it would be a good fit 
Why would it be such a good fit if it's part two in Foxborough? Uh, morning, guys. Great to be on. Um, Jimmy G coming back to Foxborough. I mean, it would be a good fit because of the familiarity with, with the coaches, really. I, I don't want to say system. I don't want to say region. But it, it's a different you know, deal of cards here, different hand when you're playing for Bill Belichick. And it takes a little bit of getting used to. And for someone to come in, that's why I sort of respect what Cam Newton did last year, coming in and just being who he was and playing his game. And Josh McDaniels, of course, adjust, adjusting his play calls to it. But Jimmy G knows this, knows the attitude that Bill Belichick tries to portray, the mental toughness that's needed there. Um, it's got to be, though, on the Patriots' terms. I mean, very similar to how they got Trent Brown back. You're coming back, you take a little bit less money. That's what it's going to be, where we structure those type of things. If all that works out, then sure, Garoppolo would be welcome back in New England. Mm, it'd be good. No great familiarity. He doesn't have a learning curve at all. He just kind of walks in and. As Teddy said, knows the situation. Let's stay out west, though, Teddy. Why haven't the Seahawks come out and just kind of say, yo, we not trading Russell Wilson. Stop the rumors. Yeah, Key, I mean, these quarterbacks can be sensitive. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, they got to make sure the relationship is strong if this works out or if it doesn't work out. I think that's just the sort of delicate balance you have to have. Obviously, they're not saying he's not being traded. This isn't happening because there is some validity to it. But Pete knows he's got to be careful. I I play for Pete. He knows how important the relationships with all of his players is, especially the quarterback position. This is white glove situation. And if your quarterback isn't happy behind the scenes, you got to do everything with conversations with him or his agent to make sure he is happy if he comes back. And still at the same time, whoa, if he pulls a Deshaun Watson and says, I want out and plays the bad guy role and all this stuff, you still got to maintain that type of professionalism to move a quarterback because all quarterbacks watch the way organizations deal with quarterbacks because they go from place to place and they all talk to each other. It's a nice little close-knit fraternity. So you got to have white gloves when dealing with your quarterback position. Now, it's just it's interesting to me, Teddy, in this situation with Russell Wilson, a guy that was selected in the third round. And for all intents and purposes, Pete Carroll discovered him and decided to say, you're our guy. And now they're at, you know, 10 years later, they're at this kind of like crossroads. What would, what would be the best fit for him if he was moved? Well, first of all, personally, I'd love to see him stay in in Seattle. I think that's where he needs to be and get that done. And to tell you the truth, I don't care what system you run. Russell Wilson, he's going to be a great quarterback for you. That's just who he is. I mean, he's a great playmaker, uh, one of the best in the league. I mean, you can say Chicago. You can say you can name any team that needs a quarterback, and it'll work because that's who Russell is, and he'll capture the locker room and be a leader in there. I really don't have a specific place for you, Key, but this is, this is a guy that this is, he changes your fortune once mm-hmm. you get him. Teddy, a huge day for the Dallas Cowboys the other day in, in signing Dak Prescott. But with that being said, does this make them closer to winning the Super Bowl? How close, how far away are they from winning the Super Bowl? Jay, does money change things on what kind of team you are? In my opinion, it absolutely does not. They're in the same situation they were before. 
you know, everyone, you can always just look to the defense and how they, how bad they were at times. That needs to be fixed. I think it can be fixed. I love those linebackers they have there. But just because your quarterback now gets $40 million, $30 million, whatever it is a year, okay, now you got paid. Let's get ready to go. And if anyone thinks that, that's the immaturity that is an NFL locker room or organization or an individual player. Just because you got paid doesn't make you better. So Dak's a great player, and he's going to help them win. But Super Bowl, I think, is something you just need to sort of pump the brakes on because the Dallas Cowboys are far from it. Fair enough. They haven't won a Super Bowl in more than 25 years. In fact, Dak was two and a half years old the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl in January of 1996. (laughs) Great perspective, as always, from the Super Bowl champion, Teddy Bruschi. Teddy, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Steve. Love talking to you guys. Have a good one. All right, brother. Same to you. All right, so the first order of business is done. Dak is in the fold. March 17th is on the way. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. What progressive moves do the Cowboys have? to? What's the next move? They got to go. They got to address the defensive side of the ball. The offense is set. Other than getting healthy on the offensive line and maybe grabbing one or two guys to go with Zach Martin and Smith at the tackle spot. Defensively, you address the secondary the corner position, and maybe you get a safety. But the corner, Patrick Sertain Jr. with that 10th pick, maybe you move up somewhere in there, you can find a guy in free agency. But that position on the back end, they got linebackers. You just heard Teddy. The defensive line is solid. Mm -hmm. And they got a new defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn. I think they'll be off and running. We'll wait to see what happens there. We'll be off and running with some NBA talk coming up at the top of the hour. Where would we be? if a team that gets bounced in the first round ends up with a better season than a team that goes to the brink of a title. We'll explain next. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.